Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. My punt. Townsend goes down and now picked up by McConnell. He fumbles it. He fumbles the punt. A muff punt. And Kansas City's got the football. He's got the football at the San Francisco 17-yard line. Wrapping up the show here on Hurt at Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. DB here with me. We're on... AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You can also find our friend Russell Baxter on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline joining us now. Russell, how are you this morning? I'm doing terrific. Uh, was there a game last night? <laughs> I mean, there's a game I'd like to forget. I'm randomly a 49ers <laughs> fan here in Omaha. Um, so it's a little, little rough for me this morning, but we're, we're getting through it. Well, there was a time where the 49ers were the first team to win five Super Bowls. Isn't that something? And now they're one of a handful of teams that lose to at least lose at least three. That's so, in a very familiar pattern, um, for Mike Shan- I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan against Andy Reid. Now 0 and 4 against Andy Reid. Here's the. Th- um, I, I gotta ask Russell. You've done this a long time. You're you're a, a historian. Was it anticlimactic that the people that like the Chiefs simply boiled this down to they have Mahomes, <laughs> San Francisco doesn't? So for as exciting and back and forth and missed opportunities as that game was, that final drive, you're like, oh, yeah, I could see that coming. I was just in denial. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, it was funny. It was uh... – you know, watching San Francisco and and their offense in the second half, oh. I, I was a lot more impressed with it. Um, you know, just when it looked like the Brock Purdy was, you know, rolling out into trouble or backing into trouble and so on, even though he only got sacked once, he didn't look comfortable most of the night. But I guess you could say that. I guess you could say the same thing last year when Philadelphia tied the score with five and change left. 
And by the time they saw the football again, there was eight seconds left, and Kansas City was up uh, 38-35. But what gets lost, and it shouldn't, is the Chiefs' defense. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, watching that defensive struggle for most of the game, uh, I'm sure that some people might not realize, you know, that the Chiefs gave up the second-fewest yards and the second-fewest points in the league this year. The 49ers gave up the third-fewest points. So for everybody screaming offensive league, there was a lot of defense played last night. Um, and watching Patrick Mahomes do and, – and, and listen, I'm not a one-man, you know, Patrick Mahomes beat Brock, Brock Purdy, okay? Um, that That's for the Borg McEnroe crowd, okay? <laughs> that's great. This quarterback beating the quarterback thing, you know, is just, it's such, so disrespectful to the the other guys who play. Okay? It's not handball. All right? But their defense, Steve Spagnuolo, who has had his highs and lows as a head coach and a defense, here's something that's really interesting. And Spagnuolo's been part of some bunch of Super Bowl teams. Do you know he was also the head coach slash defensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints the year that Sean Payton got suspended and his team gave up the most total yards in the history of the league in one season? So it's interesting, Russell, because I want to stay right there. I've been fawning, and I'm listen. I'm a Steelers fan. I but I I I love sports and I love football and uh, uh, and I help coordinate a defense, so I pay attention to little things. I've always loved the Chiefs' secondary these last couple of years. And I was saying in the first segment, their ability to do what they do, whether it's tackling, understand motion, keep things in front, um, being able to play in space, that's really the difference in this Spag's defense because he can be as intricate as he wants because that back end is so football sound. They're unbelievable as a group. Well, you know, it's funny. If you think about the Spagnolo defenses and how they've excelled at times, it's been the front four. And so this is a little bit of a twist. And maybe, uh, you know, you look at the, what the Chiefs have drafted the last couple of years and done an outstanding job, um, you know, getting the players they have. Um, Carl Loftus and, and um, I'm going blank on the, the cornerback. Uh, Snead or McDuffie? Yeah, who they got in the first round, and so on. So, and of course Isaiah Pacheco got in the seventh round. Um, he wasn't Mister Irrelevant, but he was he was in the seventh round, um, like Brock Purdy was in the 2022 draft. And those young players have really come through for them. And you know, it was funny because it was a night. Also, my pregame prediction was 26-21 Kansas City. Mm. So I was one point off on one and one point off on the other. And I thought Travis Kelsey might be the first tight end to be MVP. By the way, he did lead the game with nine catches and 93 yards. Um, But what Mahomes has done the last two years, it's great to look at those passing numbers. And by the way, again, forgotten last year, he was MVP. Um, He threw for less than 200 yards. Mm Mm-hmm. But I believe that that 26-yard run against the Eagles late in the game that helped set up the game-winning field goal was key. And again, we saw Patrick Mahomes with his legs last night against the 49ers. Not only did he throw for over 300 yards, guys, 
he led the Chiefs in rushing last night with 66 yards. Uh, we're talking with Russell Baxter. He's an NFL historian. You can find his work currently on Fansided. Um, Russell, I, I'm sitting here wondering if we learned anything about who Brock Purdy is in the NFL as a quarterback. Do you feel like you learned anything about Brock Purdy that you didn't already know? Um, for those who want to label him a front runner, he was anything but that in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he led them from behind against the Packers. He certainly led them behind against the Lions. Um, and by all accounts, I thought he did a hell of a job uh, yesterday. Um, he looked shaky at times, uh, but later in the game and later in the second half, he looked pretty solid, and he was getting the ball. I mean, he had kind of a lull in the middle of the game um, where you thought maybe, just maybe. And listen, there was a lot of nerves last night mm-hmm. in that game. You cannot, and I know this from the players that I worked with at ESPN and coaches and CBS and my you know my television days and stuff. That if you've not been in the Super Bowl, it is a humbling experience early on. And I've seen teams lose the Super Bowl in the first quarter and rally late and not have enough. But that first quarter, especially against a team that's been there for the most part for the last five years, they've changed personnel and over. The Niners had not been there. Okay, since 2019. Now, there was no Christian McCaffrey Mm. in that window there. He was still with the Carolina Panthers. Okay, you saw him put the ball on the ground um, yesterday early early in the game. So you could see that Trent Williams got off to a a miserable start as far as penalties and so on. So, uh, you know, Super Bowl, there's a lot to be said for Super Bowl experience, especially early in the game. But... You know, I, I have to I have to point this out. Once again, Kyle Shanahan is up by ten on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was ten nothing. And let me throw out one more historic thing, and tell me what you think about this. In the first forty-eight Super Bowls, the Redskins in Super Bowl twenty-two and the Saints in Super Bowl forty-four were the only teams to recover from double-digit deficits to win the game. It has now happened five times in the dynasty. For the AFC, obviously, there's Baltimore, um, there's Buffalo. I think people are excited about what's going on with the Chargers and San Diego. I'm not in on the Jacksonville hype, but that that that's whatever. When you look at these coaching hires, whether it's Atlanta or you know McDonald being in the division now. Uh, for you and your money, who was the best coaching hire in the offseason relative to the fit? Well, I like the fact, I want to know if this answers your question. I kind of like the fact that the Raiders retained Antonio Pierce, mm-hmm. um, which is, I'm sure may, many people would agree that they made a, a big mistake not keeping Rich Passaccia, um a couple years ago after he took over Gruden, led them to the playoffs. That was not well met, and in comes Josh McDaniels, and he didn't even last his contract. So I like that. But I do like the McDonald's move because of what he was able to do do in a relatively short time with the Ravens. And I find it interesting. Again, I'm I'm so offended because I keep on hearing what an offensive leak this year, and more than half of you guys 
more than half the new guys are defensive. Yeah. <laughs> but, and it's one of the funny things I hear my media brethren. Well, he's a defensive coach. So that means he has no knowledge of offense whatsoever? Is that what you're trying to sell me? Why don't you explain Tony Dungy? Tony Dungy was an NFL defensive back and an NFL defensive coordinator. And you guys know this. He was a college quarterback yep. at the University of Minnesota. Yep. Hmm. So to label a guy a defensive coach is offensive. We're, okay? Yeah. I mean, I mean a, a coach is a coach. If he can delegate and has a good staff, he's going to be successful. Not every coach who has a defensive background is, is going run, 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 punt. Hey, Russell, we're up against it. Let me ask you your opinion here real quick. Who gets an NFL head coaching job again first, Belichick or Vrabel? I think it'll be Vrabel. I think I would not be surprised if Bill Belichick winds up in TV this year. Mm. Um, and if you will remember, and I can't remember if he won an Emmy or something like that, when they did the NFL's top 100, he was off the charts good. Yeah, he was. That's Russell Baxter, NFL writer and historian. You can find his work on Fans Cited. Russell, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Russell. You got it, guys. Enjoy. A DB and I will be back tomorrow on Herd at Sports Radio.